Good evening, Aston Villa fans. Welcome to the Villa Forever podcast. I am your host, Chad Williams. First of all, before we get started, if you're new to this channel, please hit subscribe. And you can follow me on all audio platforms as well. This evening, I've got two guests on the show. Uh, Gordon Heath and Connor Heath. Connor is nice. Gordon's son. And we have a family affair on the show tonight. It's it's his fault. It's uh, it's my fault that I've dragged him into the villa world. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, doing, it's doing all right at the moment. Yeah, good influence. Yeah. Yeah, I was a kid. <laughs> and both of them have been on the show before. They've both had previous stints on this podcast. They're both die-hard Villa fans, like me, and we do see each other regularly at the games as well. And I think not long ago, I did see a few weeks ago, you, Gordon, as well. Yeah, we, we met by the gates at uh, by the North Stand, didn't we? So, uh, yeah, we had a bit of a chat. Uh, but w from where I sit, I can always see you where you sit. Because that, that was at the uh, Brighton game. Yeah, that's what? right, yeah. And who, and who would have expected what went on that day? I know, 6-1. Who would have predicted that? Uh -huh. I, I, I think we both said, Chad, that we were expecting a bit of a draw that day, didn't that's we? We'd we thought, be, we'd yeah. Be We'd have been happy with a draw that day. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, we'll be doing post-analysis from Aston Villa versus the 13 consecutive home victories at Villa Park. This incredible record keeps going. I mean, Uno Emery's completely transformed the football club. In the so league, that is. Oh, yeah, in the league, yeah. <laughs> Premier League, impressive. It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, forget about that Everton game at home in the cup. Yeah, apart from that, yeah. Uh, I'm mean, I mean, just gonna just just keep it going, see where it takes us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's um, I think it probably tops that um, win run from the championship, that ten game win run at the end of that season. I think it's probably more impressive than that is at this point. Because Villa Park's a fortress. Yeah. Yeah. Well, was it th thirteen games now um, uh, winning, and, and I think that's the the club record since the start of of Villa, uh, if I'm right. And to beat it, the only thing we've got to do is beat Man City. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Easy no problem. Not, not impossible. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you if, yeah. if you look at what's been happening with them recently, you know they are beatable. You know, Wolves did a Wolves did brilliantly against them. Mm -hmm. um, I think the Chelsea game recently showed mm -hmm. their vulnerabilities as well. So, you know, and I, and they'll, they'll Une will be studying that, you know, very hard um, of, of of how Chelsea actually got at them. Um, so, yeah, absolutely possible. Yeah, I think we've just got to go at them. I think Chelsea Chelsea just didn't let them play their own game. And um, 
they were co constantly pressing, constantly winning the ball back, like constantly on the attack at, against them. And they weren't used to it. They were used to teams coming at them scared and um, not knowing what to do against them. And Ch Chelsea had a game plan, and I think that's just what we've got to copy. Mm -hmm. Well, look at Wolves like, beat Spurs as well. Just oh, like yeah, we do similar. that against the points today. Yeah. So, yeah. Connor, what's your overall verdict for Sunday's game? Um, I think it was a great performance. Uh, John McGinn was unbelievable. Um, I think we were unfortunate to concede. It'd be nice to get a clean sheet once or twice. <laughs> it seems that that's become impossible at this point. But I think we're just getting spoiled at this point because well, we're playing such nice football and there was so many chances we could have easily scored six, seven, eight if we'd uh, finished our chances better on the day. But yeah, it was just it was it's just fun at this point. It's nice to watch. It's good to see. We're going back to John McGinn. You should have statued him outside Villa Park. Oh absolutely. He's an absolute legend. You can go down yeah. and ask him for the folklore. Yeah, I think he has been, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say he's been superb and you know when we're at the games I'm, I'm off you know there's and not a game goes by where i say you know what a pass you know he's doing extraordinary things and you know the way he set um bailey up for um ollie's goal was unbelievable he had three players around him you know he was going nowhere and he managed to ping out a pass to bailey who was on the overlap to put the ball in the box. It was, it, you know, I think at the moment, John McGinn has is, is got to be one of our best players. He's, he's performing so, so well. Because John McGinn's really showing his leadership qualities as well. Captain yeah. Scotland as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. The, 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 it's the, the passion, the way he dives into tackles, then wins the ball back and instantly it's on the front foot, ready to start an attack and he just he glues the team together he gets everyone going and i think um he's really taken over from mings in that role which i was really scared with mings injury that we weren't gonna be able to play without that leadership on the pitch and um but i think job mcginn's taken taken that in his stride and he's probably performing even better than mings as a captain because job mcginn's took it to the next level because you know Henry, he likes to play in that further advanced role as well. Yeah. He has taken it to the next level. Um, you know, he had, a, he had a real dip under uh, Steven Gerrard. And, you know, people, people were on his back about his performances. And, you know, it was when Gerrard left and he came out and he says, well, I just hated playing under him. I, you know, he, he wasn't playing him to his strengths. Um, you know, he, he got a fixed role that he wasn't enjoying. Uh, and as soon as kind of like Une came in and, and, you know, he was playing in the positions that he pr much prefers to play in, you know, that more advanced position, he's just been phenomenal. And you, you can see the coaching that's been going on since Une's come in. Um, you know, the, the fitness levels of everybody. Yeah. And, you know, ev everybody's gone up a notch or two. You know, they, these are the same players that were playing for Gerard bar one or two. And, um, you know, the, the, the difference uh, that Unai has brought out of them has just been phenomenal, you know. Oh, it's an incredible difference. Mm. 
Yeah, well, remember to Sunday's game. I thought it was a dominant performance, but we had majority of the possession. It's not until the end of the second half, if Fulham did try and get back in the game. But I think we slightly got a little bit complacent. I think we a little bit took our foot off the gas. But I'm sure that something in our Emery will get us to improve on. Yeah, definitely. I think um, if Fulham were able to finish their chances a bit better and they had, um, I don't know, someone like Mitrovic up front, they easily could have had a few more and it could have been a different story. But um, they don't. And they were poor in front of goal in the end. But um, And that suited us. So. But all in all, it was a, it was a dominant performance altogether, yeah, really. Definitely. Um, yeah, yeah, it was. It, I, I thought it was. It was a. It was a great performance. Yeah, we we often we often have spells in the game where we can't keep the ball and we you know we invite people onto us, um, and that's probably why we're conceding. You know, we we, we do concede goals. At, you know, you know, one one goal or more. Uh, well, no, not more. Uh, um, and you know, and that's because we do let teams come on to us at, at spell it, it, during spells in the game. But that's always going to happen, you know. Even in the times when Villa were being, you know, rubbish, we might have had a ten-minute spell in a game uh, where we took control. And 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 I think teams, you know, al- allow that to happen to a certain degree. So because in training, you know, when, when you're training, you've got your defenders training. Yeah. And your midfielders are training with the defenders, and your midfielders are training with the attackers, and you know you can't keep attacking the whole time. You know you've got to rely on your defenders and those defensive midfield players to absorb a bit of pressure at certain times during the game, and and I think we do it really, really well, and it, and we're fortunate that we are scoring a phenomenal amount of goals. You know. You know, we're not gonna we're not gonna be drawing one-one games. It doesn't feel like that at the moment that we're gonna be drawing games one-one. So to concede a goal, yeah, it's it's ugly and horrible, and you know we could do without it. But it's not the end of the world. Because for the pundits as well, they've been moaning about the high line as well. But majority of the time they get it right. I mean, apart from Newcastle, first game of the season. Mm. I mean, Liverpool we got caught out as well. But I think it works majority of the time. I don't know what he's doing. Well, look how many offsides Fulham had on Sunday. You yeah. know, they were caught offside continuously. And uh, there was a great picture on the social media, was it last week or the week before, of our yeah, defensive yeah. line with Matty Cash and and um, a concert along the line and they were all standing in exactly the same pose in a dead straight line you know they, they, they just look so organized on that back line i think i saw it um next to an opposing picture from uh, a few seasons ago with uh, some of the older players like i think baker has fallen over on his own head and mika richards was looking the wrong way <laughs> uh, <laughs> like next to it it was quite a good comparison yeah, uh-huh. and also I was very impressed how we comfortably and calmly passed it around, especially in our own half. It just shows you that Unai Emery, that the patient build-up at the back definitely works. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah. Oh, go on, Colin. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I think Paul Torres has uh, really changed that about the team. I think that was it's going to be a phenomenal signing when we look back. Um, not that Mings was incapable of playing around the back, but he's just it's just a new level of of composure in the team and um, confidence at the back. Like he knows when when's the right time to play it just sideways and control the game, and when's the right time to ping it forward to one of He's the attackers. Classes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and he can ping a pass. He's 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 got such a pass on him. Do you want to see Sergio Busquets a little bit similar <laughs> to that sort of player? Yeah, I mean, uh, he's playing at centre-back instead of CDM, like Busquets did. But uh, the composure on the ball and the His ability to... Like him, though, yeah? yeah, the passes and the, the just the moving around uh, attackers so easily. Yeah, I, could, I can kind of see it. Mm-hmm. Well, so, yeah. Gordon, who was your player of the match? I know what it's going to be, but what do you think it was? <laughs> you know who it's going to be. Well, I'm going <laughs> to say John McGinn. Um, oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal. You know, when he hasn't got the ball, he wants it. When the opponents have got the ball, he's going to try and get it. Um, He's mixed up a lot of his... uh, When he's receiving the ball, you know, he still manages to fool players with his body roll, you know, and and manages to go round people. And and the reason why he's still um, kind of fooling people with that is because he mixes it up a lot more now there's times he will take it on his chest and he'll shelter the ball with his body and then, and then maybe look for a pass but every now and then he does that little guinea roll and it's just brilliant to watch and he just it's leaves them the standing yeah and and his, his passing range this season has just been superb i mean yeah i i haven't got a, yeah i I can't think of the examples off the top of my head because my memory doesn't work like that. But like I said earlier on, in every game, there's balls he's playing. And you just think, no, he's priming in Iniesta at the moment. He's just superb. McGinniesta. McGinniesta, exactly, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Uh And considering we picked him up from, uh, you know, Hibs for 2.5 million, you know, he's been an absolute revelation. He's just just such a great player. And, you know, there are times... If you, if you think back to the Wolves game, the first 10 minutes, and him and Dawson were just at each other constantly, you know, trying to rile each other up. And, you know, there are, and, and it happened again in the Fulham game as well, I think it was. Or was it Alzar? Uh, Al, I can't quite remember. Um, but he gets himself so, so riled up. And you just think, you know, you're in danger of picking up cards. But, you know, apart from the Wolves game, he, he hasn't. He's got away with it. Well, yeah, I mean, again, it, it was absolutely incredible. But uh, I was also impressed with Tielemans. Matty Cash before a while. But I have to give it to Super John McGinn as well. He absolutely won the show. He mm-hmm. was just exceptional. Mm-hmm. He's really showing why he's the captain of Aston Villa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But think, way, uh, he's getting, getting stuck in as well. Yeah. Look, he's winning interceptions, using his speed. I love the way he goes past players with real ease as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think um, Bailey probably deserves some credit as well in there at some point as well. I think when he uh, he came yeah. on, it was like it was electric. He looked so exciting. I saw I saw a clip on I think Villa tweeted it or something. Um, it was from a, one of those uh, like pitch side cameras. It was just the ball that he played over to uh, Watkins. I think and, oh, it was phenomenal. Like, incredible pass on the volley. Uh, it's just I don't know where the improvements come from because I mean we've been doubting him for years and I've been saying oh he'll get better he'll get better and I'm starting to lose faith but out of nowhere he just seems like he's a new player. Don't mm -hmm. mind Leon Bailey is a good impact sub. Yeah, but I also, agree. Also, not just his attacking position, it looks to trap back as well, which I like. That that's what he's brought into his game, and I think that's the coaching. You know, when we when we saw him under um, 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 Gerard, uh, he, he he was he was not guilty of supporting his centre back at all. Uh, but now, like you say, Chad, you know he's tracking back. He's getting involved at both ends of the pitch. Um, you know, and that that's been a big improvement from him. And all the way, how direct he is as well. He <coughs> gets right in the opposition's faces. He don't mm -hmm. get him a second on the ball at all. He's yeah. right in from the very beginning. Yeah, uh huh. I mean, if I've got one criticism of him, it would be I think sometimes he could release the ball a, a couple of touches earlier. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he's still got that. Um, you know, there, there was something that sticks in my mind the other day when he was he, he was coming down the wing and he cut inside, and he almost ended up on the opposite side of the pitch. You know, because he was just yeah. looking to shoot, but he'd gone so far past the goal, sort of thing. <laughs> there, were, there were other options, and I don't think once he's got it in his head that he wants to turn in and shoot. That's the only thing he thinks about, and I and I think that if that's my only criticism of him, and you know if he's going to shoot and score, then fine. Uh, but otherwise, look for the more simple pass. You could also John McGinn as well scored such a wonderful goal outside the box. It was just a perfect performance from him. Yeah, it was a lovely goal. Was it was a lovely goal. I mean, you could see him on the edge of the box, and he just thought, right, drop of the shoulder, went, went, you know, made himself some space, carried on going forward, picked his spot. You know, it was a fantastic goal. I think um, sitting in the upper north, we must have shouted shoot about ten times before he finally shot. Yeah. But I think he probably knows them um, better than us on when they start to shoot. <laughs> I love his celebration yeah. as well. Yeah, what he does with his eyes. Yeah, I've got no idea how you do that. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. well, I'll tell you, love him. Yeah, <laughs> no, he's excellent. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk mm -hmm. a little bit about uh, the referee's performance. What do you make of the referee, Connor? Oh, uh, you know. It's Premier League referees. It's kind of becoming a standard at this point. I don't really know what went on. Um, it was like the, the first 10 minutes, wasn't it? He gave a penalty and then VAR said, oh, no, he's going to have a look. And then he took it away. And then even though he'd seen the deflection, he didn't give the corner, which was just odd. He gave a drop ball instead. 
which I just baffled all of us. And then from that point onwards, he had the fans on his back and I think he probably panicked. And I think that he just needed to let the game flow a bit more. It was um, so stop and start, like every little niggle, he'd like, he'd stop the game and he'd he'd, just, you've got to just let it go a bit more, I think. Yeah. I mean, refereeing as well, there's no consistency at all. And also, like, yeah. like, one wall for another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah it's, it is it is very poor at the moment. And, you know, that probably reflects why Premier League refs aren't getting picked to, to ref in, you know, Champions League big games and things like that. You know, I think it's recognised. I think, you know, VAR is, is just a little joke. Um, you know, I, I, was it the... Uh, was it the penalty decision? It was the penalty yeah. decision, wasn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. You know, it must have taken must have taken four minutes to sort that out. It was you know, time as well. People was waiting. Yeah, and yeah. put an injury time onto it then. Yeah, uh huh. And with the amount of games we play, we don't need lots of injury time. <laughs> we have time on. Yeah. <laughs> also, I thought during the game as well. Paul in, yeah, I think he was lucky to be on the pitch. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He should have been, have been sent off. Yeah, I think he, he had so many reckless challenges in, in on McGinn, and um, I, referee, I gave him a telling off every time. I think eventually he got his yellow card, but um, I think it should, it should have been a red before he got that yellow card, the amount of times he went in on McGinn. It was, yeah, it just, the rest are not taking control. They need, they need to take more control of the games, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, even though I mean, well, we touched in it already, but even though we won the match, was you disappointed we couldn't keep the sheet once again? Well, you know, it's like um, you can't really complain. Three points is three points, is it? But uh, and we've been on such a good run of form. Like I'm not going to sit here and moan about the team. A win's a win. That's it. Does, it. it does feel like it's been a while since we've kept a clean sheet. Well, we don't, well, not that long, but um, we don't keep them that often. It feels like, yeah, we'll be winning and then we'll let a sloppy goal go in, uh, like on like against Fulham. Yeah. And it, and it and it didn't help, Chad, that it was Jimenez, who hasn't scored for about Ex-Wolf 30 player. years. He hasn't scored for 30 years and he's an ex-Wolves uh, player. Wolves, that so, help yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, that was quite annoying. <laughs> well, I think we will keep a clean sheet soon. I don't know when that will be, but you know, Henry, you know, with his attention to detail, hmm. I'm sure he'll, he looks perfect performances. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Let's hope it's against Man City. Well, yeah. even better, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it was annoying. You can see, you know, Henry was frustrated on the touchline by the look of his face. But I think over the last few games, we can see that of consolation goal. I mean, I'm not sure what that's down to. Maybe it could be at the end of the game, timeless. Mm. It slightly starts to creep in. And what I said earlier, we got a little bit complacent. And we took our foot off the gas. Yeah. But if you, if you look at some of the goals we've conceded, I mean, the Bowen goal against for, for West Ham, there was a Looking deflection. 
yeah, you know, Martinez would have had that if it wasn't for a deflection. Then there was then there was the Martinez hand onto the bar, and he, you know, it, it spun off his hand so much that he, it, it caused so much spin that it it went in off him. I think you know some of the goals that we've conceded have been unlucky. You know, it's um, it's just one of those things. Well, I thought it like Emery would improve on it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, well, we've we've scored. I think we scored the most goals out of any team in the league this season. But um, our, our goal difference doesn't spit us out. I think it's we've got a goal difference of twelve or something. And yeah. um, we scored like nearly thirty goals, something like that. Um, but it's like, um, and then you see teams that have the goal difference of like twenty plus, and it's like they're, they're you you know why they're the elite teams because they don't concede. Mm-hmm. So solid at the back. Well, Connor, I was going to talk a bit about Esri Konsa. Mm-hmm. I mean, congratulations to him getting picked for England. Yeah, long time. So, what, you. th- what are your thoughts about him getting picked? Well, I think it's excellent for him. I think um, if Gareth Southgate hadn't picked him by now, I think he might be. I think he was also eligible to play for Portugal, which I wouldn't be surprised if he was looking at. Um, but yeah, no, I think he just needs to go in there and make his mark because. Um, He's better than Lewis Dunk and um, Harry Maguire, of course, and most other English centre-backs, Paul John Stones, I reckon. And I think he can really make his mark and stay there for a few years when Gareth Southgate can see what we can all see. Because what I like about Esri Kansa, he never puts a foot wrong, however. He never makes mistakes, really. He always puts a shift in for the team. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's Rolls Royce. I think I saw a thing. I saw something the other day saying that he'd been dribbled past like twenty-five times in one hundred and forty games for Villa, something like that. That might not be correct, but um, still, like ridiculous. He just doesn't doesn't get dribbled past. I think it was like once this season he's been dribbled past, and it was um, it was barely a barely a dribble. It's a good little knock. It's yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he he has been superb, and you know, like Connor said, you know, he's probably, you know, he's got to be when you look at um, centre backs of you know of all uh, the rest of the Premier League. There's nobody really that I could, apart from just like you say, John Stones. John Stones, yeah. There's there's nobody else that's better. I don't think, and and like Connor said, you know, we've me and Connor have talked about this before. You know, I think Lewis Dunk comes up with the odd goal. You know, which is probably what Conser uh, lacks a little you bit. Got you got know. Van Dijk. Sorry. You got Van Dijk. Yeah. From Liverpool as well. You got him. Yeah, yeah. But I was talking. I was meaning like English players that are really eligible oh, just to play English, for yeah. England. Yeah. Uh huh. You know, there, there, there isn't anybody else really that I, w- I would put ahead of. Um, yeah. You know, John Stones and Conser as a that, potential. Man. You've got the like Colwell. Yeah, you've got like Colwell, who maybe in the next year or two, I, I think he's a good player and he, he could reach a higher level. Um, Mark Gahey, I don't think he's better than Conser. Um, yeah, Lewis Dunk, I, I, I don't, definitely not Maguire. Maguire shouldn't be anywhere near the England squad. I don't get one Maguire kids getting picked with Southgate's favourite. I mean, it's his form for England, isn't he? He always turns up and he gets like the last few weeks. Yeah, you can Just say he's been all right for yeah. United. But 
it's just this history of um, messing up and just I, I, I can't I can't understand Gareth Southgate's yeah, decision. Well, you picked Harry Maguire over players like that. Because yeah. every concert is clearly a lot better. Yeah, in every aspect of his game as well. There's nothing, I don't think there's anything that Maguire can do that concert can't do better. He's paid concerts. I mean, if you if you did a, a 50 yard dash between concert and Maguire, I don't think Con, uh, Maguire would be out of the blocks before concerts, you know, trotting towards the end. You know, he's so slow, Maguire, and, and concert has got good pace. Yeah, because yeah, I like the way they can't, can't sir. Look, he definitely deserves this long overdue call-up. But I think a lot of attributes Southgate is looking for. He's very comfortable with the ball at his feet, especially in playing out his own half. He's very strong. I like the way he wins free kicks for the team as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, yeah. he won that penalty as well against... Yeah. Um, I can't remember who it was against now. We won a penalty recently. It's at West Ham. Yeah, yeah, but West Ham, I think, yeah. Yeah. You know how He's, much I yeah. hate that term, win a penalty. <laughs> oh, well, he was the one that... It, it was a penalty, but he was the one that got in the box yeah. and... Uh, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> it's clever the way he does it to win, to win those set pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's always, all, always very consistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see what's been yeah. going on social media? I mean, I mean, it's a bit worried about going about uh, to compare him to Paul McGrath. I mean, no one's going to be good as Paul McGrath, but some of his attributes, I can see that. Mm-hmm. With Paul McGrath in some ways. I mean, uh, yeah, Paul McGrath's before my time, so uh, I, I can't compare. What, but... yeah, what do you think, Gordon? Oh, wait, I mean, he, I. Yeah, I, I think it's quite a good comparison, actually. I've got a lovely story about Paul McGrath, uh, if I might, t- just yeah. for like t- That's for fun. a minute. Um, I, I was at Chelsea away uh, in the 90s. And yeah. do you remember we, we won 1-0? It was an Andy Townsend free kick uh, playing for Villa. And uh, he pinged it into the top top corner. And we won 1-0. Um, and I was sitting, uh, I don't know the names of the stands around Chelsea, but I was on one of the longer stands um, on the long, long sides. And um, I was only two rows from the front. And um, during a tackle, Paul McGrath came flying over the uh, board and he missed the person sitting in front of me and ended up sitting on my lap. <laughs> and he gave me a he gave me a kiss on the head and then ran off. <laughs> and I think and I think it was on match of the day uh, at the time. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Paul McGrath sat I'm on my to find it on, on YouTube or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. A, that's but, a nice story. Yeah, uh-huh. But yeah, concert, Paul McGrath, yeah, you know, those are massive shoes to fill, but he's still a young chap and you know, by the time he's uh, you know coming to the end of his career, I, I would imagine you know if he carries on like he is playing, you know those comparisons will be drawn, you know as a as a as a you know a second coming if you like. There's certain aspects of his game, I think. Mm-hmm. 
Well, Connor, I'm going to ask you the next question. Uh, do you think we are a stronger team when Yuri Tierman starts? Um, I think it definitely depends on the opposition. I think um, I think Tielemans' best role that he's played for us has been next to Watkins, which means you have to push Diaby out wide. And well, Diaby, I think he can probably play in either spots because he's that good. But um, against like someone like Nottingham Forest the other week, I don't think it would have been best to play Tielemans, which is why he didn't, because they were so physical. Um, but against a team like Fulham, he thrived and... Um, I think we're definitely a better team against the like maybe a less physical side because he's uh, not maybe not that strong, but um, yeah, no, he definitely makes us a better team. Well, in my opinion, we're a stronger team with him because I think it gives us more dominance in the midfield, giving us more control in the game, and and also I like the way he controls it with it as well. He's playing more regularly as well. Yeah, there was a. I saw a quote from Brendan Rogers from a few years ago when he was at Leicester saying the best way to, to you've got to get Tillemans out and play him well is to give him a run of games. He's got to he's got to have that run of games and he's got to play consistently. There's no point playing him one week and starting him the next week while he's playing well. I think he's got to he's got to start every game now to keep that run of form going because I think. He, you know, he goes and sits on the bench for a few more games and he's thinking, oh, what have I done wrong? His confidence drops and he's definitely a very, like, confidence-based player. Well, I've been very <laughs> impressed with him. Every time he's played, he's showing his true quality. Because he's a Belgium international. And he, and he, was, he was a good player at Leicester as well. Yeah, he's played for Belgium... Was it last night or tonight they're playing? Uh, was it yeah last night? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. We've played a lot, a lot of minutes. Yeah. He's keeping Zaniola out of the team. And, uh, you know, uh, you, Zaniola, I think, is another one that's come in. And, you know, he, he, he looks like a quality player. But, again, another player who might need to think about laying the ball off occasionally. Rather than thinking I've got the ball, I'm just going to go and try and score. Uh, uh, and I sometimes feel that about Zaniola. But with Tillemans, I think you know he's he, he he looks like a team player. His passing range is pretty good. He gets forward. Yeah, I I, I think I prefer Tillemans in that role. Um, the, the 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 difficulty will come when when JJ comes back. And uh, you know yeah. how how it's all going to work and fit in then, you know, because I think JJ will come will come back into the team, you know, once he's fully match fit. You know that might be another big knock for Tillemans, but we'll have to wait and see. And the good thing is, what Unai Emery, you know, it's competition for places, mm. especially yeah. with squad rotation. We're mm -hmm. playing a lot of games this season. So we need options as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, squad rotation is never a bad thing, is it? It's, uh, if you've got two players that you can't really decide between because they're both good, it can never be a bad thing. It's just going to force both players to play better and perform and impress the manager. And you can have one play in the league and one play in Europe and rest them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, well, I do like Zaniola, but he needs that... 
just that one goal to give that more confidence. Yeah, mm -hmm. I agree. Don't think it's yeah. coming soon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The reasons why he has, he has great work right, which I like. But the thing I don't like about him, he sometimes runs into trouble. And he loses the ball a bit too easy sometimes. Great option to have the squad though, like I just said. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think he's a very raw talent, a lot like um, Bailey was before. Unai Emery put him wet, put him um, into shape. I think um, give him the rest of the year, come end of the season, I, I think we'll practically be begging that we sign him because I do really think he'll come good. I think um, Unai Emery will work his magic with him and we've got. I think we have got a really good player on our hands there. Because we're looking up to score against Forest. Yeah, yeah. If he could take that chance. Yeah. That oh, would be a different game. Okay, I'm just going to drink a water, guys. Okay. okay. Sorry, I'm gonna to have to rush, and I'll be, I'll be one, I'll be thirty seconds. Sorry, Chad. Well, well, Connor, I'll ask you the next question. Okay. What's your thoughts on Paul Torres this season? Um, I think he's revolutionised the side, to be honest. I think um, I don't think his impact is easy to see when you just watch games, but he's like the the control we have in games all comes from that position at the back, him and Constance's improvement that we already spoke about, obviously. Um, I think um, I was really disappointed when Mings got injured. I thought it was going to be such a massive loss. Yeah. And I, I still think Mings defensively is better, but uh, Pal Torres has come straight in and him and Conte look like a brilliant partnership and they formed a great relationship straight away. Well, Paul Torres, it's been really impressive so far. The real quality solid in. Yeah, absolutely. With, 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 even though Emery assisted, uh, Paul Torres suits the start of play. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's great, fantastic ability on the ball. Although mm -hmm. we mentioned earlier about his long-range passing skills, and he's got incredible accuracy with it as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's just perfect. Yeah, yeah. No, I think he uh, he, fit, he fits in really well, and I, I think Kuna Emery knew exactly what he was getting and um, exactly what to do with him when he came in. Um, and I think he probably, I think he probably knew when he came to Villa that that was going to be his number one priority because it, it'd be so perfect for his system. Well, even though he's a centre back, I mean his passing is probably better than most midfielders in the Premier League. Uh huh. Uh, I think apart it's from a John McGinn. Oh yeah. yeah, apart from John McGinn, obviously. <laughs> I think I think I think playing from the back it's a very different type of passing to what you have to do in the midfield. Yes, midfield yeah. My midfields they're constantly gotta be scanning in three hundred and sixty degrees, um, to work out whether they've got to play it backwards or forwards or to the side or wherever. Um 
And I think at centre-back, he probably has a, a bit more time than our midfielders do to uh, choose which player he wants and like assess how he's going to get the ball there. Cool. It reminds me a little bit of that, like, even though he's a midfielder, not Rodri of Man City. I know, he's, I know he's a defender, but I reckon he could play the similar position. Mm. Just saying that, like, defence, not defensive midfield either. I don't think you've yeah. ever, never come to the villa, though. Well, we should have, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, because uh, we, we, we've um, obviously, he, he reminds me of him. Yeah. Paul Torres. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. I, I think he's got similar attributes, but I think. Um, not, not as in winning the ball back, though, Pop. Yeah. I don't know. Emery's worked with him for so long now that I think if he was a. Uh, if Emery thought he was capable of that and capable of playing that position for yeah. us, um, it would have happened by now. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I don't know. Well, yeah, so I'm going to go on to a final question. So, the next game is Tottenham away. And also, we've got a busy schedule list in December, including Man City, Lecky and Warsaw, and Arsenal in December as well. So, are both of you worried about these games? Should we fear them? What, what do you think? Okay, um, well, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm quite optimistic about the Man City game. A, because it's at home and we're playing so well at home. And I think Man City have been exposed a little bit on how to play against them. Um I mean, still a phenomenal team. And, you know, a draw would be a great result, I think, against Man City at Villa Park. Um, you know, uh, Arsenal, we've never seemed to get the better of Arsenal. I know we don't with Man City, but that's expected. But with Arsenal, sometimes we just feel like we could be so close to them, but we don't seem to get the results against them that much. I mean, I know, I know we did on the season when we got promoted. Yeah, we did the double over them, didn't we? We did, yeah. Okay, I'll take that back a little bit. But in in more recent times, I think uh, you know Arsenal kind of that's the game I worry about more than the Man City game, if I'm honest. Well, the next upcoming games, they'll be so called acid tests, really, mm. to see what level we can compete at. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone I talks about this run that we had of, you know, Wolves, Forest, um, help me out here. You know, a recent run of games that everyone was expecting us yeah. to do really well in. But for every run like that, you get a run of much more complicated and difficult games. And that's what we're going into right now. So, you like you say, it's an acid test. It's going to prove, it's going to show us where we're at, I think. Because if we're at our best, I think we can beat anyone. Because we, 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 we know Emery, though. We're capable of everything, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think you can... You can't call... You, you can't be one of the top teams that wants to qualify for the Champions League without going into games against the other top teams with confidence and um, the belief that you can win it. And I think the team's going to be full of confidence. And I think Unamri will believe that he can win those games and go and get a result, even though they are obviously very good teams. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because for example, if you use, like you said earlier, Gordon, about Chelsea versus Man City, that four all game, that was a great game. But in that game, it shows in Man City, even though they have a lot of attacking threat, with the likes of Harlan and Foden, I think their defence can be got at. Yeah. Their defence is frail. Mm-hmm. And they can see yeah. quite a few goals this season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think if you don't let them get into their stride, I mean, Kevin De Bruyne has been a massive loss for them. I think that's been instrumental a lot in, miss in him. kind of like making them a a, a kind of a, a they are a lesser team without him. We have to say it, despite the fact they've got so much talent. Even just that one player taking them out, they are a lesser team without him. And um, and I think that's kind of um, you know te- teams have learned that if you if you put it up them, you know if you don't let them get into their stride or let them play. They they can be vulnerable. Apart from like Man City, like you got Arsenal, the likes of Liverpool, Spurs. I think we are up there with the best teams. Or I think. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's quite a, there's quite a big gap. I, I can't remember how many points. Four or five points ish between us and uh, sixth place now. So it's like, that... Even Man United, there's a gap between us and Man United. Oh yeah, and well, Man United they've uh, they've picked up points this season, but I don't think uh, they've been Not quite as good as Villa. I think. No, I still I still think the likes of Brighton and Newcastle and Chelsea will end up finishing above them by the end of the season because their performances have been really poor. Yeah, I forget to play them tomorrow. I'm scared. Well, um, they've got. He's had a brilliant start, hasn't he? But um, when they've got to play Villa next week, they've, uh, they're missing both their starting centre-backs, uh, missing Basuma, um, like Charleston. I, I know people laugh at Richarlison, but I, I still think he's a loss. Uh, Madison, like they're, they're missing so many players. Um, mm-hmm. I, still, I think there's a good chance we could go there and uh, take, take something away from the game. We beat, we beat them last season. If you, yeah, I was going to say that, Chad. If you think back to last season, I think they were, I think that Spurs game was the first time that I sat up and thought, wow, about Unai Emery and the way that he managed that game. And, you know, when we were out of possession uh, and Spurs were coming at us, we were playing like a, a, a back six. And, yeah. you know, as soon as we got into possession and got the ball, that can, that formation completely changed into a real fast counter attack, and, and we won that game. And you know, that's that was the first game I remember thinking about Emery. Wow, you know, different tactics. It was very yeah. different to to Gerard and you know to Dean. To be fair to Dean, you know, in the latter days, we we lacked a plan B a lot of the time. Um, you know, and all the previous managers before that, the, the, you know, some of the drops we've had, we've never had a tactician. And it was the first time I actually thought, you know, this guy knows what he's doing. And that Spurs game was it for me. It's going to be interesting with you know, Emery and Costa Pogba as well. Yeah. Because both mm-hmm. at Spurs and Villa both set up similar, especially yeah. not the formations as well. 
Yeah. But like Connor said, they've got so many missing players. That should we take um, advantage of that, hopefully. We should be um, taking advantage of that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, James Madison's a massive loss for them um, at the moment. And, you know, um, you know, they've got a few key players out. And so... And and our you know we've got key players out, but they started at the start. That happened at the start of the season. So the people that have come in and replaced them are bedded in. You know they're they're playing well. You know so it's not like they're going to have to start with an. an you know we're not start. They're, they're starting with a new first eleven basically. So that's going to be quite difficult for them. Well, the thing yeah. is, if it Wolves, they beat Tottenham two one. So we could definitely do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think Eric Dyer at the back. I think it would be. Um, uh, I think something's definitely gone wrong if we don't score. Yeah, even though it's getting away with as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, improve the yeah, away yeah. force. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if we do that, who knows where we could be at the end of the season? Mm-hmm. Yeah, dare, dare I say it? Maybe Champions League. Oh, I, I, I don't. I don't think it's impossible. I think, um, especially if it's top five this season, it's definitely on the cards now, and it's got to be a name for us. Yeah, it, well, it's going to be. It's going to be exciting for the season. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I just think we've we've just got to be careful over the you know the busy run over Christmas and everything. And we, you know, I know we've got players coming back. You know, JJ's coming back, and um, Marino did. Uh, you know, three quarters of the game in the under twenty ones the other night. So you know, we've got we've got some some key players coming back, and Marino is obviously going to give Digne a bit of a rest, which he's going to desperately need soon. He, he can't keep up those levels of of performance week in we week out. Mar- you got Marino coming back. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, when you know, when he's come back, you know, we'll be able to rest him. But we, we, you know, it, there's still a lot of season left, and uh, you know, we, we, our squad is, I would say, uh, you know, I don't want to use the word fragile. We're not fragile, but we haven't got the depth that other top four teams have got. Yeah. Uh, so that's my only concern. You got Jacob uh, Ramsey to come back as well. Yeah. Yeah. When you think of that, we're a better team with him as well. Yeah. I think he's uh-huh. supposed to be back after the uh, international break, isn't he? That, that's good news. Yeah, I think I did hear that. Yeah, yeah. Good for my fancy yeah. football team too. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, can both of you give me your England score predictions over the international break? Oh. Uh. Is it Mal- Malta, Malta and... Um... England first, yeah. We've got so England, test. Malta, then North Macedonia, England as well. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go for a five nil against Malta, and I and I think Cancer will start. Oh, brilliant if he does. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I do. I'll say I'll say five nil if Cancer starts and five one if if Maguire's playing. Yeah, <laughs> five five. <laughs> High five with the guys playing. I hope you're watching scores. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah that'd definitely. be great. A clean sheet and a, and a Watkins goal would just Don't be absolutely superb. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to go England for Malta now. Yeah. And for the, okay. and for the second international, North Macedonia won. 
England three. That's sensible. Yeah, I, I'm. I'd probably. I'll go. I'll go. I'll. I'll look, I'm going to agree with you there, Chad, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they're both. You know the work I've been doing on this podcast. And can you keep spreading the word about it? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yes. Uh huh. And I know you do a lot to raise the awareness for Duchenne's uh, muscular dystrophy as well. So Thank yeah, you. I'm. I'm always talking to people about that. That's, that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Before we finish off, I'm going to look at some live comments. Oh, is this where we get slated? My Michael Huggins said, can't say he's a, he's a very good player. We all agree with him on that. Mm-hmm. Michael Huggins said as well, he's a different alternative to our midfield structure. Well, he does. Yeah. He, he is taking the ball forward a lot more. And, you know, when Unai came in, he was saying, you know, uh, uh, Ming said within the first week of Unai, you know, he's asking me to do something different as a central defender I've never had to do. And he wanted, you know, the central defenders yeah. to take the ball out, you know, walk out with the ball and, and you know, get up into that space. And Pons has taken that mantle over, obviously, because Ming's not been there. So, yeah, he does offer that different mm-hmm. structure. Let's have a look at another comment. Let's have a look at some other ones. Among Huggins, I think if Mings was fit, we would play three at the back. Do you agree yeah, think, with that? I think it would be a, an option. I don't know if it would happen every game, but um, Cons has been quite capable of slotting in at right back this season when Carlos has got into it, and then it kind of sits like a, a three at the back when we're in possession. Yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, I think that would definitely be possible with um, when Mings is available. Mm-hmm. I'll, at, I'll do one more comment. Thank you. Just one yeah. Guess I'll just choose another comment. If you click that, did you go up a bit? Yeah. Do you have a look at some other ones as well? Thank you, Michael Huggins, for getting involved tonight. Mm-hmm. And thank you all for your great comments as well. Oh, what yeah. was that about a DJ? Is it time we got a DJ? Oh, yeah. oh you got a DJ, man. <laughs> yeah. Walker Huggins, do you think it's time we got a DJ? What is up tonight? It doesn't continue to play 80s music. No, absolutely <laughs> not. I love 80s music. Oh, you can't beat it, yeah. 80s, you can't beat the old stuff. Oh, you can't. You, you've got to have crazy train and and everything as you come out. Yeah, it's just of same. Oh, is it? Who's who's the DJ? Who's the, is it? Um, oh, do, um, doors. Nathan Dawes. Nathan Dawes. Nathan Dawes. Oh, I think Dorr, he did a few yeah. games. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Uh-huh. But where we stand, Chad, in the north stand. Uh, we're yeah. right underneath one of the speakers, and it's oh, yeah. so loud you can't hear it's yourself. Too, I think it's a bit too loud. I think it, it, it yeah. is a bit too loud. I think sometimes, yeah, yeah. But uh, well, you can't yeah. really have a conversation when you're there. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I'm I think still it's up with right. the 80s music. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I'm going to bring this episode to a close. Thank you everyone for watching. <laughs> 
Yeah. If you enjoy this podcast, please give it a like, share and subscribe to my channel. Remember to make sure to get your post notifications turned on. Also, let me know your thoughts in the comment section. Thank you so much, Gordon and Connor, for your time. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Yeah, thank you. Uh, let's wrap this up, this episode, with Up the Villa. Up the Villa. Up the Villa.